Hello and welcome to a new season of Experience Share, a Pokemon podcast, wherein my co-host and I play every single Pokemon game from start to finish, one gym at a time, one week at a time. We have graduated to Gen 2 Pokemon Gold and Silver. My name, of course, is Apple Tunner Greenring, aka Tanner Greenring. <laughs> That's nice. And I'm joined, as always, by my host, Elda Josh. Elda Josh. AKA Josh Fjallstead. These are two Gen 8 Pokemon, Josh. What is Elda Josh? Elda Goss. There's like a little flower fairy Pokemon, and oh, it levels up into yeah. this Pokemon that has like a big cotton bud with like strawberry seeds on its head. You seen that one? I saw the uh, first form looks like a bouquet. Yeah. I didn't like it. It looked looked weak. Yeah. And then Appleton. Oh, I like Appleton. There's a, a little dragon Pokemon that lives in an apple. And if you feed it a good apple, it grows like a thick butt. Yeah. And then it turns into like a dragon with a thick butt. It's like a big pie. It looks like Pete's dragon, but like that fell asleep in a pie. I'm looking for one of those right now, actually. Oh, really? I've got one. It looks fun. Although, I, I like uh, Flapple. What is it? Flapple? Flapple's the, <laughs> the other one. The flying one. <laughs> I think Flapple's design is kind of gross. Dumb name. But I like... I don't know how to say this. I like both Appleton and Flapple in spirit, but I don't like either of their designs. It's like too fruit forward, if I may. It's like a like a wine. Could be a little drier. One of them's got a thick butt, too, which is weird. So we've, we're starting a new game, Josh. Yeah, I mean, and you were already trying to steer it into a sexual territory, but well, we're I'm not, not going to do that I'm yet. Not, I'm not. <laughs> not me. The creators of Pokemon are doing that. I am a vessel. And believe me, we're all in for a treat in this season because we're in full color now. Oh, yeah. It's good to be back. In living color. You're too young for that, right? I, kn- I know. Um, it's where. Uh, I know what it is. I Fireman think I... Bob, Jim Carrey got his start. No, the, the Wayan brothers. The logo. Fly girls. It's like a yellow logo with some cursive uh, flowery kind of font. I don't I don't think it is. <laughs> yeah. I Anytime you reference, I, I, we're basically the same age, and yet the movies and TV shows that you reference are like the fucking golden <laughs> age of television. I'm five years older than you, and I feel like that five years is big. You know? That's a big leap, five years. <laughs> I guess. It was enough for you to be a Pokemon fanatic and me to be like a Pokemon like casual. So it's that's a lot of years. I guess that is one of the many things that I'm learning in the course of this podcast. We started new games, Josh. We put Pokemon Red and Blue behind us. We put Pokemon Snap behind us. We are now on Gen 2, Pokemon Gold and Silver. We're in the Johto region. Traditionally, my favorite generation. I think this is known as the best gen. I would hope so. I think a lot of people cite it as their favorite. I've never played it. This is a whole new Pokemon experience to me. Oh, and it's great. You get the continuity at the end where we get to go back to Kanto. You can't wait. But in full color. And that's where a lot of the Pokemon I'm allowed to use are. So, Well, first, we should say, which game are you playing this time? I'm playing Pokemon Gold. It's got a big bird on the cover. A very nice looking bird. It looks like a pinata. And I am doing Pokemon Silver, which has a little bit of like a flying beluga whale. Lugia, Lugia. That's another one of the ones where like, who knows how you say it. What's my bird called? Ho-Oh. Ho-Oh. <laughs> That's funny. Is it a legendary? Yes, they are both legendaries. And is Luigi? <laughs> yeah. 
Luigi is also. Okay. Tell me a little bit about your character in this game. Who is he? Where is he from? He or she? Who are they? Where are they from? I had a debate, and I even brought Bobby, my husband, into it because... I wasn't sure if I needed to adopt a new personality or if I stay the course and I build up basically an expanded universe. Okay. So I've landed on a middle ground and we'll see. I don't want to fully commit yet, but I do feel like it sounds pretty good that we're going to just be running with the classic rivalry. It's Joshua and Greg. We're back. Wow. You have a new mom. You live in a new place and you have a new mom. Yeah, it's a little bit of a, if I may, a Legend of Zelda-esque uh, okay. situation yeah. where this is a Joshua... Splintered timelines. Yeah. This is a Joshua who has been born into a new body. This is like the hero dies Joshua. Yeah. So like at the end of Ocarina of Time, that Joshua died. So this is the Joshua that exists in Johto. That's right. Yeah. And time does pass in between Gen 1 and Gen 2. So you don't know where the original Joshua, what he's gotten into, if he's alive. He might be like a hero or a villain. Yeah. I suspect he's a villain. He might pop up in my game. Oh, interesting. He's kind of a rascal. Yeah, it does seem like time has passed. I have a cell phone now. My mom calls me on it a lot. Professor Oak calls me on it a lot. Yeah. So it does seem as though we have advanced to like the mid to late 90s or early 2000s, potentially. Yeah. Like random people you don't really want to talk to. Youngster Joey fucking dialing me up. Oh, Youngster Joey called you? I know you don't really like talking to all these, the riffraff, but... I love talking to them. I love talking to the people. I talk to all of them, and I almost always talk to a trainer after I've crushed them in defeat as well. Oh, that's that's mean. That's cruel. Ah, uh, well, they had it coming. Had it coming. You're like hoping they give you something? Yeah, and unfortunately... <laughs> What youngster Joey gives you is his phone number, and all he ever ever wants to talk about is his fucking, like, level three Rattata. <laughs> you can keep up with him. You guys are close friends now, Joshua and youngster Joey. So you're staying the course. I am. Joshua and his enemy, Greg. Yeah, reborn. Like, Joe-ho, like Ho-Ho from the Ashes. <laughs> Ho-Ho. <laughs> Ho-Ho from the Ashes. Yeah. Joshua is reborn. Now, that does not mean that the Pokemon that this Joshua has will be following the same conventions as the first Joshua. Okay. We'll get into that after we hear a little bit about your character. Okay. Well, my guy is a young kid from Newbarktown. Mm -hmm. He is a bit of a fanatic. Uh, well, I imagine. He's pretty obsessed with one person in particular, really loves this person, tries to emulate this person in every way that he can, mm -hmm. even legally changed his name. Wow. My guy's name is Fiel Stan. Oh, God. <laughs> and he's a Stan of Josh Fjellstad. Okay. Now, this guy I like. He's Josh Fjellstad's number one fan, and he loves him so much, and he just wants to be like him, and he wants to like emulate everything that Josh Fjellstad does, so that's kind of his thing. Okay. He's just like number one Josh Fjellstad fan. He's cool. Handsome, he's a stan. He's a stan. Funny. Stan. 
charming gay? We'll find out. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think he's like 11, so I'm not sure he's defined his sexuality quite yet. He's on his own path. Yeah. Take his time. Do you get the name? Fjellstan is good. Fjellstan. He's a stan of Josh Fjellstad. That's good. Yeah. I imagine that at this point, there are many Fjellstans in our audience as well. Probably some. Yeah. Probably more stanners. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) The the whole thing was a setup. (laughs) I just came up with that. So yeah, that's my guy's thing is he loves Josh Fjellstad. He's a huge fan. Okay. And his Pokemon options and selections will mirror that. Now, I, I like where you're going with that. I imagine, well, that will come up perhaps when we do our first level check. Of the new season? Yeah. Let's do it at the end, after we've defeated Faulkner. Do we need to say, because we're going to be talking about... Oh, okay. I guess we need to talk about our Pokemon a lot. Okay, let's say this is what we left the, the session. So we did both beat gym leader Faulkner in Violet City. Cover a lot of ground. When we defeated him, we had a certain Pokemon lineup at our disposal, and we are going to go over those now in our first level check of Season 2. Well, Okay, Josh. Tell me a little bit about Joshua's Pokemon. This Joshua is a little bit of a Stan himself, and maybe it's because he started his journey in the holiday season and he's very inclusive he's a little bit of a pop culture junkie Mm -hmm. so he was watching an episode of a certain early 2000s well-regarded classic tv series oh yeah um he (laughs) what are you gonna say like alf i was gonna say that geek show but i literally (laughs) could not think of the name of it freaks and geeks no the bad one that everyone hates Sheldon, Bazinga. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, heaven forbid. No. <laughs> What's the name of that show? Big Bang Theory? Big Bang Theory. No, I'm not that ironic. You're, your guys are all named after Big Bang Theories. We've got Sheldon. We've got um, the guy from Roseanne. The, the, the one woman. Yellow-haired lady. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Brown-haired lady from Blossom. I had to respect my, my mons. I mean, Joshua needs to respect his mons. Yeah. You have to separate yourself from the the role. Right. Or else you're, you're going to go like full Jared Leto if you don't. I'm the ephemeral Josh in the sky. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's a lovely <laughs> mental image. I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this Joshua is less a, a student of history and more of a student of the contemporary and the teen drama one might say, and he was watching Chrismica, the episode oh, sure. of the OC. It's weird, because it's your char- the character you're playing, Joshua, is a huge OC fan. That's right. Okay. Because I happen to know you, my, my good friend in real life, Joshua, <laughs> is also a huge OC fan, and have, I think, maybe like a young adult novelization of the book framed. I do, yeah. The Well, no. I have framed original little flyers that they gave out at the premiere. Okay. But I also have The Misfit, a novelization that's about Seth Cohen, who is my favorite character, obviously. California. California. 
I also, I always forget, I have a, my number one internet claim to fame probably is that if you Google, you're ever in need of an OC drinking game, I wrote that. I came up with the oh, okay. OC drinking game with my friend Joe Basilovic. OC drinking game is what I'm, I'm searching for now. And here's what we've got. There's a published article on a major media company, mm-hmm. and it's written by group creative director Josh <laughs> Fjellstad. Well, <laughs> they still haven't updated that? <laughs> Sounds good. And there's a GIF by Bobby Finger. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of text. Well, I have to give the oral history behind the game. And then we have a shareable image here. I'm not familiar with the OC. I've never seen even a single moment of it. Oh, God. You got to work on that. I mean, meanwhile, you're watching In Living Color or whatever. and I'm not. 13 Ghosts. I think there's a misunderstanding. <laughs> 13 Ghosts is good. I'll watch this. I'll watch this. I hear it's good. I got the complete collection on DVD. It must be streaming somewhere. I think it's on Hulu now. I literally just canceled my Hulu subscription. I was like, I never watch this shit. <laughs> yeah, you don't watch anything that's uh, on TV right now. It's not true. Other than uh, the, the basketball, the Nets. I watch lots of basketball. <laughs> watch The Mandalorian, Baby Yoda. Oh, have to. All right. Back to the issue at hand, which is these games that we played this week. Right, right. So this Joshua, he's a big fan of the OC, and he's decided that any Pokemon that are hanging around for a while, they're going to be named after his favorite characters, places, maybe moments from the OC. Anything that kind of like jumps out based on the personality and the the look of, of the Pokemon. Right. So I guess I'll have to explain them to you and anyone else who unfortunately has not watched the OC. But opening up the lineup, we have a Pidgey, level 11, who is named Taylor Townsend. Okay, and that is... Taylor is a complex character who emerges, I think, not until like the third season. And she... It's a tennis player. Taylor Townsend is an American professional tennis player. She reached career best WTA <laughs> rank of number 61 in 2018. Is that who you mean? I don't think that's canon. No. Okay. Because I just quickly Googled Taylor Townsend, and that is the top result. Good for that Taylor Townsend. However, <laughs> I don't care about that Taylor Townsend. This Taylor Townsend is like a um, lady who lives in Orange County, California, and she's probably a little bit of a sassy mean girl right that's about right she's more she's a little bit of like a uh like reese witherspoon's character in legally blonde kind of a type yeah never seen it like she's a uh, well i've <laughs> just gonna have to stop with these <laughs> references i don't know why we're friends it's hard it's hard to believe <laughs> no she is always kind of like at odds with in particular summer roberts who is one of the main characters who dates Seth Cohen off and on. We stand. We stand Seth or stand Summer? Seth and Summer together. Okay. Summer is, um, she's got a little face and dark hair. <laughs> it's not Barton. Is that her name? It's not the tall skinny lady with lighter hair. No, that's Marissa. That's Marissa. Yeah. Summer is the little, <laughs> the littler one with dark hair and a small face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's about right. There's a lot more to say about Summer, but that's that's for another time. 
Yeah. Taylor is basically this, like, she's very smart, type A, kind of annoying. She, like, gets in the way frequently. She ultimately, she dates Ryan Atwood for a little bit. Ryan Atwood is Commissioner Gordon? No. He plays a young Commissioner Gordon on the hit Fox show Gotham. Gotham, yeah. Okay, I know that one. That's right. Okay. I did not watch that, but I know what you're saying. Neither did I. (laughs) You know where it films? New Jersey? Your neighborhood. Oh, no. Your current neighborhood. I used to bike through every day on the way to work, and there sometimes the roads would be all cleared, and there'd be like filming signs up, and it'd be like, filming an episode of Gotham on this block. And that is not on the air anymore? Or is it? I don't know. I don't watch it. Am I going to see Ben McKenzie waltzing around my neighborhood? You could. You know what films in my neighborhood? The Americans. Never seen it. No. It's too late for me to get involved with that show. <laughs> I think it's done. I think both the shows are done. Well, that's fine. So, Taylor. She's kind of a mudslinger. I named the Pidgey Taylor because Pidgey starts off very obnoxious. He's got sand attack, but eventually evolves into Pidgeot, this very beautiful, kind of like dignified, a little, like you get it, you get it. And Taylor's character in the show follows a similar arc where you respect her at the end, even if in the beginning you're like, get get off the screen. Right, okay. So we stand Taylor, we stand Ryan, we stand Summer. Yes. Okay. Ryan, Seth, and Summer are not in this yet. Okay. But these are all named because they have a chance of like hanging around for a bit. So number two is Rattata, and Rattata is named The Rat. That's impenetrable. That's a reference. For me, that's impenetrable. (laughs) It is named The Rat after a Walkman song that they perform in an iconic episode at The Bait Shop in season two. The Bait Shop being a like a little a local hang the bait shop comes up frequently throughout the series it's it's like a a bell house for those new yorkers around here it's basically like a, a grungy like indie rock dark venue okay and the rat is the best song that the walkman play in that episode i mean the walkman are also one of my favorite bands so it's not my favorite song but it is a good song and the ratata is the rat and he's level nine. Okay. None of them are that deep. The rest are pretty straightforward. Next, we have Bellsprout, which is named Julie Cooper. That's a good name for a Bellsprout, actually. I like that a lot. Julie Cooper, I'm pretty proud of this one. Bellsprout has a big mouth. It's a little, like, poisonous vibe. Kind of getting into trouble. Might get its vines eventually, once it evolves. Might get its vines wrapped up in some trouble. Right. And Julie Cooper is Marissa Cooper's mom. She has a tangled web of, of romantic relationships. She is always kind of like ready to scrap she comes from like the quote-unquote like white trash okay upbringing and then she finds her way into society god i gotta i gotta catch this show it sounds very intriguing oh it's great and it's a brief uh like three and a half seasons oh really that's it yeah it's four I but like the show was on forever and like also was a such a cultural touchstone at that time it 
I'm, it's crazy to me that that was only three and a half seasons. However, the seasons are like, you know, 25 episodes. Right. Other than season four is 18, I think. Okay. Oh, Julie Cooper's level eight. Then we have, uh, we just got, we got a hoot hoot. <laughs> yeah. Unnamed. Level nine. I have an idea who hoot hoot could be. So at some point you have to find a name changer to change his name. We'll see if hoot hoot sticks around. I doubt it. I'm enjoying, I'm playing with Pokemon Sword with a Noctowl at the moment. That's the Hoot Hoot evolution. Right. And I've been kind of impressed. It's like fun to have a normal flying type that learns psychic moves without having to have the vulnerabilities of a psychic type. Oh, yeah, that is cool. But in this version, Hoot Hoot does not get Psycho Shift and all the other good shit. I should say now, I guess, just because you did mention Hoot Hoot, that Hoot Hoot is my You Make Me Barf Pokemon (laughs) of the Week. There is a, a bit of a asterisk on that because I am a 35-year-old man and I have a job, full-time job, and a wife and a child. Mm-hmm. And Pretty good. When I play Pokemon Gold or when I have played Pokemon Gold this week, it has been exclusively after 9 p.m. at night. Oh, yeah, the day-night system. This game has a thing where you start it up and it's like, hey, what time is it? And you're like, well, it's this time. And they're like, oh, gosh, no wonder it's so dark out. Anyway, have fun playing Pokemon. And then you go outside, and it's dark out in the game and in real life. (laughs) Yeah. And then you walk around, and the only Pokemon you ever encounter, ever, ever, is Hoot Hoot. (laughs) You you get, like, Bellsprouts, but, yeah, it's mostly Hoot Hoot. There's some Bellsprouts in the Bellsprout Tower, and some Raditas running around, but there are other Pokemon on Route 29 or on these routes to Cherry Grove City and to Violet City, but I didn't encounter any of them. All I encountered was Hoot Hoot, <laughs> just just a billion Hoot Hoots, and I hated it. And I hated it. I hated that it's all I saw, and I hated its gross little look, and I hated it that it only had one fucking little leg. It has two, technically, but. <laughs> Yeah, it always, it like rests on one leg. It always is like growling and then it lowers your attack so much that you're like chipping away at this stupid bird with a big bulbous head. I'm a little concerned that like, I'm never going to be able to catch anything except night Pokemon. It is kind of um interesting. I'm going to have to like go out to lunch and like play over my lunch breaks if I ever want to catch like daytime Pokemon. Pretend that you take up smoking, but then actually yeah. <laughs> you're just out on the street playing Pokemon. People like come outside and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, it's a, um, it's a vape rig. <laughs> I just like start sucking on my Game Boy. Because there are Pokemon that I could have caught on this journey, but I, the opportunity never presented itself. Uh, I'm sorry. I think Hoot Hoot is a good, that's an you make me barf. Yeah, definitely. I never liked Hoot Hoot. I, I only have one on the team kind of out of desperation. I wanted to fill the slot. Oh, you've got a full six-man crew? Yeah. Already? Yeah. Wow, okay. And they're good levels. Okay. We haven't even gotten to my starter, which is the next one. Oh, right. I guess we hadn't even talked about a starter yet. My starter is Totodile, water type. Yes. I actually did not make him my sweetie, but I kind of feel like now I should have when I'm thinking about the sprite. But it's a cute little little crocodile. Little cutie. But he gets uglier from there. It's, it, you don't like the evolutions? He's got like a snarl to him, dark eyes. You don't like kind of a dum dum, 
you can tell, and he gets dumber and stronger which, with each evolution. Okay. And for that reason, I named him Luke after Luke Ward, who is the blonde-haired, kind of like surfer, like jock, dum-dum in the OC. Okay. You know, he has a robust story arc. You fill out his character. But in the, the pilot episode of the OC, he's the one who gets enough scrap with Ryan Atwood, and he's the one who punches... Ryan. I have to understand that Ryan's a bit of a bad boy, though, right? He's a bad boy, and okay. he, he kind of had it coming. Okay. But then Luke takes it over the top and sucker punches him, and then he, he delivers the iconic line, Welcome to the OC, bitch. Uh, welcome to the OC, bitch. This is how it's done in Orange County. <laughs> That's a gendered insult, and we don't like that. I don't support it. Luke Ward. And no, he's problematic. And I think that Totodile and for Alligator, the final form is problematic. And now you're canceled, Luke, so congratulations. <laughs> Take your little puka shell and fuck off. Okay, great. So you've already set up your main starter Pokemon as the bad boy of the crew. Yeah, at the moment. There are other bad boys in the OC universe that I can see coming into play. Well, I think Ryan's a bit of a bad boy, much as you love him. Oh, and he'll come out at some point, but I haven't seen a Pokemon yet that has inspired it. But we finally have Geodude. Gross. Where did you catch a Geodude? When you're on like Route 29, I think, when you're heading to Cherry Grove, head north a bit, there's another entryway, and it leads up to Route 46, and you can check out the bottom of it. Oh, it's like the base of that mountain? Yeah, it's similar to like that one little zone outside Viridian City where you can catch some more exotic mon. Spiro and Geodude are there, and I kind of forgot about it, and I just went up there for a second, caught a Geodude, and I was like, I don't ever really use rock types, and having a rock type this early in the game is kind of like fun. Yeah. He's got kind of like a look with his eyebrows, and he's kind of like bulky and old and kind of... I sort of like his sprite in gen 2 he's got a much better sprite it's a little bit better than the sprite in gen much better in fact i think the sprites are kind of across the board in gen 2 feel a lot better to me oh yeah i don't know if they just like jammed more like data into the pixels or something but like everyone felt a little more full a lot of Pokemon who I would have considered untouchable in the first generation actually like geodude for example became attainable this generation because of the improvements if you ever had to like go through and redefine who all of your sweeties were you might want to reconsider some of them i think so okay that's good to know so geodude is dr roberts summer's dad dad i assume yeah and he's like this guess it could have been mom and that's on me dr roberts could be a woman too that's true canceled canceled fuck (laughs) already canceled Dr. Roberts, he's like old, he's a little like mysterious and kind of like sensual and and, uh, he's got like a daddy vibe. Mm, Okay. (laughs) He's a daddy vibe and I kind of get that Geodude. So you're telling me that you've got a sensual daddy type Pokemon on your team. Yeah. You're really, uh, you're really speaking my language now. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of started to take root over the course of (laughs) the past like 10 episodes of this thing. I'm really seeing it now. Yeah, I mean, they're very sexual games. So that's what we got. That sounds like a hell of a lineup. And Dr. Roberts is level 11. Great. So, my guys. Yeah, what have you got? So, Fjellstan, in preparing for this season, I got in touch with Fjellstan, and he asked me 
Tanner, you know Josh Felstead, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay, will you do me a favor? And I'm only dedicated to the Pokemon that Josh Felstead truly loves and considers his sweeties. <laughs> so can you ask him to get me a list of Pokemon from Gen 1 and Gen 2 that he considers sweeties? And that is the only Pokemon that I will allow myself to catch and use in the Pokemon Gold game as I'm living this experience because he is a character in the game. And I said, yeah, I'll do that. Joshy was happy to oblige. So you sent me a list of sweeties. That's right. It's 81 Pokemon from Gen 1 and Gen 2. And you've even done the math. You said that's 32% of the available Pokedex. Right. So that's pretty good. This is the 81 Pokemon that I have access to (laughs) while playing Pokemon Gold. That's right. But when I was inhabiting the role of Mr. Squirt, I ended up feeling a little guilty and a little bad for not sticking to the brief because there was times in Mr. Squirt's run in Kanto where he had non-water Pokemon on his team. Right. That's not his thing. He's Mr. Squirt. It's all water type Pokemon. And Fjallstan, his thing is just sweeties. <laughs> yeah. So I am disgusted by any Pokemon that's not one of Josh's sweeties. And I will not catch or have on my team any Pokemon that's not one of Josh's sweeties. Well, yeah, you already took it to the extreme. I like it. Luckily, there is a starter Pokemon available to me in Gen 2 which does qualify as one of Josh's sweeties. And its name is Chikorita, and that's who I picked. Good. And then the only other Pokemon I encountered, Josh, were Bellsprouts, Hoot Hoots, (laughs) and Rattatas. So guess what? I have one Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, two things. If you were hunting in the daytime, there is one that you would be able to get because its evolved form is a sweetie. I think you should outline a few more of the bullets, and maybe we'll put this on the Twitter as well. The qualifiers for the sweeties. I don't know who you're talking about. Sentret, which is like a little squirrel golfer type thing. Oh, it's got like a little ring on its belly. That evolves into Furret, and Furret is a sweetie. And it did not encounter one of those, because as I said, I only play at night. That's your so problem. So I only have one Pokemon, <laughs> access to one Pokemon right now, and it's... Chikorita, and actually it's not Chikorita, because guess what? (laughs) When you only have one Pokemon, (laughs) and that Pokemon is powerfully weak against the very first gym leader you encounter, (laughs) yeah, you have to do a lot of fucking leveling. So I don't have a Chikorita, I have a Bayleaf. Oh, look at you. What level is it? 20. (laughs) I have a level 20 Bayleaf. And it's named after a character from Josh Fjallstad's favorite game. And all of my Pokemon will be named after characters from Josh Fjallstad's favorite game. Although, now that Fjallstan has heard about this OC thing, he might need to reconsider his naming convention. You can't have the same name pool. Why not? He's, He's your biggest fan, Josh. You don't even know the personalities of the characters. Well, anyway, for now, he's sticking to the the names of characters from your favorite game of all time. And this sweet bay leaf is called Gorgo. 
Named after the Queen of Sparta <laughs> and oh, no. playable character in Sid Meier's Civilization VI. Oh, wow. I'm uh, I'm honored. I mean, that definitely... I, I really would struggle to, to say what my number one favorite game is. They're basically... A, there's like a top five, and that is... That is very close to number one, if not number one. <laughs> it's number one in its category strategy, for sure. Level 20, Bayleaf, Gorgo, Gorgo, and that is... That's good. It. That's my team. That's all the Pokemon I have. That's all the Pokemon I own. That's it. That's everyone. All right. Well, the most important thing is that the list does have skipped versions. For example, the Centret Furret scenario. And... So if there are skipped pre-evolutions or evolutions, that doesn't mean the whole line is rendered invalid, <laughs> but only that you can't battle Joshua or the Elite Four with the specifically excluded evolution. So you can have a Centret for a little bit, okay? but you had to just get to the Sweetie version. And if the Sweetie version is a like mid-tier evolution... But the final one is not. I would have to cancel the evolution. Yeah. And they have Everstones in Gen 2, which the Pokemon can hold, and that means it won't try to evolve anymore. Perfect. So that's a that's an overly complicated way to do this, and it's going to be a real pain in the ass, especially because I am restricting myself to only catching Joshy Sweeties. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be... Oh, it'll be interesting. But it's a good mix. You'll get there. The beginning's going to be rough. It's weird because I feel like we just did 10 episodes of a, t- of a fucking podcast and you did a whole bunch of your sweeties and I'm not seeing some of them on here. No, all of the sweeties that I nominated in the first generation are on the sweetie list. I checked that. Oh, really? Experience Share episode 9, November 26, 2019. Josh is sweetie. Mewtwo. Yeah, but I that's excluded by the number one rule on the list, which is no legendaries are part of the list. So you're not allowed to have legendaries either? No. Okay. I generally don't try to have legendaries. It makes it too easy. Yeah. Okay, fine. Well, I'm also looking at later down on this fucking episodes list, Josh. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I already realized one of them. (laughs) But this, we were just talking about how based on the sprites in this game, I'm already having like second thoughts about some of the sweeties. Yeah. And one of them is already the sweetie in this episode. You're going to have to add it to the list. You're going to have to amend the Sweeties doc. We're allowing that? If you have new Sweeties or if a Sweetie drops off your list. You want a dynamic list? Fjallstand lives and dies by Josh Fjallstad's Sweetie Picks. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's get into the game and then I'll reveal who the Sweetie is who will apparently be added to the list. But first, we'll take a quick break. Now that you're back in the atmosphere with drops of Jupiter in your hair. That's good. Thank you. So, the journey begins again. New Bark Town. Our hometown. Nothing much going on. Turn off the episode of the OC I'd been watching and just go out there. Say goodbye to mom. Mm-hmm. Gotta go visit Professor Elm, who we have some sort of relationship with. Although it's weird because like the game starts up and it says, hello, I'm Professor Oak. And it's just Professor Oak again. I don't even know what Professor Elm looks like. Yeah, we never get the close up. They have different haircuts on their little sprites. They have different like mini sprites. Yeah. yeah. 
And then Professor Oak is standing next to this like round blue Pokemon. It looks like Pikachu, but like blue. It's like what? Oh, that's one of the sweeties, <laughs> Meryl. Is it Water Pikachu? Basically, <laughs> that was the speculation before it came out. Is that they were like, oh, there's just like there's a water version of Pikachu. They're like technically unrelated, but like you know they pal around. They pal around in like the anime. So yeah, we we leave home and we go up to Doctor Elm. Professor Elm? Professor Elm's... Professor? Yeah, Professor. They're always a professor. Professor Elm. Well, I don't know. I didn't want to... I didn't want to... do. It. Here's two things I don't want to do. Misgender Professor Elm, because I'm not <laughs> sure if they are a man or a woman, mm-hmm. or non-gendered, and I don't want to mislabel Professor Elm, because what if they're a doctor, and they'd prefer to go by Dr. Elm, you know? So That's true. I'm just trying to be sensitive to Elm's worldview. But Elm does give you a Pokemon. He's very kind. And tells you to go to, well, they're very kind, Josh. They're very kind. They tell you to go to the next city over and do some bullshit. Oh, visit. We had to meet with Mr. Pokemon, which is, is that his real name? I mean, I suppose there's people in the world whose name's like Mr. Animal or like Mr. Bird, you know? Yeah. It's conceivable that there's people in the Pokemon universe whose name is Mr. Pokemon. I mean, there's got to be a, like, Mr. Uh, Frog, Mr. Do you think there's a Mr. Frog? Do you think right now on this earth (laughs) there's someone called Mr. Frog? Or Miss Frog? Or Miss Frog? Just someone whose last name is Frog. Surname Frog. And it would count if it's, like, two Gs, I think. Frog? Oh, so... Perhaps the pronunciation of his name is Mr. Pokemon or Mr. <laughs> Mr. Pokemon. Yeah, Mr. Pokemon. So there are frogs and they live in the Virginias. Okay. And they're apparently farmers. Sure. So Frog is a surname in the United States. So conceivably this is this is just a surname that he has and I'm sure he's constantly being like, "Oh, I actually don't even really care for Pokemon that much." <laughs> Like I'm sure the frog family does. So Professor Elm or Dr. Elm wants us to go to visit Mr. Pokemon because Mr. Pokemon has some sort of discovery that he needs. And like always, these adults are sending 11-year-olds to do their bidding. And giving them Pokemon, which feels like a big responsibility. Professor Elm points out, "Uh, look at these three rare Pokemon I have. You can have one. You know what I would say if I were me in that situation? I'd be like, can I have two <laughs> of these rare Pokemon? That's dignified. Not three, but two. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Elm, you can have one and I'll take two. Because I need to go run this errand and you're just sitting around a lab. Right. Like, what if I get attacked by Hoot Hoots out there? It's the middle of the fucking night. And you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On my way, I noticed there was like some guy with like cool looking hair and like a punk vibe leering into the window of the lab i didn't like that yeah i noticed him too he's a he's a creep and a jerk i tried to check out what was going on and like said hey and he uh he just pushed me he pushed me too so i written ran this errand for dr pokemon mr pokemon it was like i had to go pick up an egg well, you have to travel for a while. You do Route 29, you go through Cherry Grove City, don't have time to do anything but heal your, your Pokemon. 
And then you just keep going north up, I think, Route 30, is he just lives in, like... The middle of nowhere. The woods. Yeah. <laughs> Who is he hiding from? He's like the Unabomber. He's, like, off in the wilderness, you know? Yeah, he's like this D.B. Cooper. Oh, he landed in Johto. <laughs> D.B. Cooper landed in Johto, yeah. So they could never figure it out, because he's <laughs> d- uh, Mr. Pokemon. Mr. Pokemon. So he gives you a package... He is hanging out with Professor Oak. So we see him and Professor Oak also after you, you have the interaction with Mr. Pokemon, Pokemon and, uh, and Professor Oak. They're like, oh yeah, here's a super rare egg. We don't know what it is. Go take that to Professor Elm. And then Professor Oak's like, listen, I'd love to join you. I got to go to record my radio show in Goldenrod. Take a Pokedex too. Whatever. Is your phone and the Pokedex the same thing? It's all part of the poke gear. Yeah, and it's also a vape rig? Definitely. <laughs> Vaping is in in this this generation. Yeah. Also podcasts are in, obviously. Professor Oak is like he's a podcaster now. Right. Goldenrod is the podcast capital of Johto. It's the Brooklyn of of Johto. <laughs> so he gives you this package, you head back towards Newbark Town. And on the way, you're assaulted by that same mischievous boy with the long red hair, the villain. Mm -hmm. And it's then that you learn who they are. They've made off with one of the other unselected Pokemon from Dr. Elm's lab. He insists on battling you. Right. And it's then that you discover who it is. For you, it was Greg. Yes. Born again. You're star-crossed, born again, Arch enemy. With better hair. Better hair, to be fair, this time. His hair is a lot better. Cooler look. Is it cooler? It's He's got like a long red bowl cut. It's a little posery. <laughs> who are you trying to be? A Ponita? Yeah, who are you trying to be, Ponita? <laughs> Fjallstan goes toe-to-toe with his mortal enemy, Bad Josh. Oh. Bad Josh is back? Bad Josh is back. Bad Josh offspring? No, it's the same Bad Josh. He's changed up his style a little bit. He's changed up his hair a little bit. He's a little older. He's a little wiser. A little more dangerous, you know? Yeah. He's not just saying people smell anymore. Now he's stealing Pokemon. After Mr. Squirt decimated him in the Pokemon League. He fled to Johto. He went to a darker place. He went to a place where all crime is legal, and that's true of Johto, I think. It hasn't been established quite yet, but Johto's like the purge of the Pokemon universe. So far, that's what it looks like. He steals a Pokemon. He fights me. It turns out that the Pokemon he had was Cinequil, a fire-type Pokemon, which is effective against my Bayleaf. Or, at the time, Chikorita. Obnoxious. Rude. Which sucks, because I only had one fucking Pokemon. <laughs> at that point, I also only had one Pokemon. You can't... You don't get Pokeballs until you deliver the egg. But I did defeat him, and he went scampering off with his tail between his legs. I didn't manage to recover the Pokemon that he stole, though. He did make off with that Pokemon. I was tempted to take it back. He got away, though. Here's what I thought. I was like, oh, surely he's going to mistreat that Pokemon, right? And they're not going to form a connection like Gorgo and I already have started to. Right. And they just won't obey him, his Pokemon. So it's not something I have to worry about. You know, that Pokemon will find its own way. It'll resolve itself. Imagine my surprise, Josh, when I get up to Violet City and I find this temple dedicated to Bellsprout. (laughs) 
Sprout Tower. And I climb it, and I'm fighting these like weird monks. It's very weird. And they all have bell sprouts. Did you notice that I think all of the bell sprouts were male? So gender is a thing for those of you who have not played it. This is the generation where they introduce gender. So every Pokemon, rather than only Nidoran male and female, every Pokemon other than like the legendaries and a, f- a few other exceptions are all gendered. Right. But I noticed about halfway up that tower, I was like, first of all, it's weird. Like, why are these monks worshiping, you know, a weed, basically, a weed Pokemon? And then also, I think they all were male Bellsprouts. And I don't know what that implication is, but I don't like it. (sighs) Yeah, that's tough. It means that they're they're misogynists and Pokemon misogynists. Can you be Pokemon misogynist? Probably. I don't know. I get to the top of this dang tower, (laughs) and there's a king monk called Sage Lee. Mm -hmm. And as I'm approaching, I realize that Sage Lee is currently locked in combat with Bad Josh, of all people. Oh, no. And it seems as though Bad Josh has defeated him in Pokemon combat, which imagine my surprise. I'm like, well, I sort of assumed that Bad Josh was mistreating his Pokemon and that they wouldn't follow his commands. And then, sure enough, Lee says the exact same thing to Bad Josh. He says, you should start treating your Pokemon better. And I was like, yeah, man, that's what I said. Like, I can't keep you from stealing Pokemon, Bad Josh, but I do hope you treat them better. I mean, if you're going to steal them, you should at least treat them right. So then I also defeated Lee. He barely had a moment to, like, (laughs) recover and, like, give his Bellsprouts and Hoot Hoot like potions yeah he throws in a hoot hoot mysteriously like come on we're at the top of this thing you're the final boss stick with the theme inconceivably (laughs) the tower's full of fucking ghastlies oh yeah yeah they're hanging out with bell sprouts and then there are just ghastlies roaming around freely hey pokemon company it was one fucking game ago that you made me defeat the entire Rocket Clan <laughs> to get the Sylphscope to be able to see fucking Ghastlies. And now I just have that ability? Already, the Sylphscope was a, a super niche disaster of a product in the first generation. But then, by the time it, that they could export it to Johto, it's already obsolete. It's obsolete. Like this Poke Gear, whoever makes that, or like, well, what's going on? There's something in the air? Why is this Bellsprout Tower full of ghosts, too? (laughs) I feel like Pokemon Gold and Silver is doing a very good job of setting the tone for what its narrative is going to be with this first leg, where it's just like, first of all, go on a very long journey up to the first gym, where we make you go back and forth several times and meet two different professors. Right. (laughs) And second, here's a fucking Bellsprout Tower, and what does that even mean? And it's full of ghosts. (laughs) So, good luck. Did I get this wrong? Or they don't really even explain why is the Bellsprout their thing. They never do. No one ever does. You're the one who, like, mocks them after you've defeated them. Well, they deserve it. I guess, like, one of the guys says, like, the tower's built around a big Bellsprout or something. Ah, man, that's it. They have growth, which you probably saw them use. And I think the implication is that, like, there was some... (laughs) I mean, it sounds absurd to say legendary Bellsprout that grew to the size of a building. And they built a building around it. And then it, like, died somehow. Maybe there... Wasn't there, like, a volcano? We should know this. We just played it. I don't know. 
I don't talk to these fucking idiots. But there is this cool, like, animation in the building where, like, the center column is, like, swaying slightly. Much like a bell sprout, actually. That was neat. I liked that a lot. And that made me feel like, oh, I'm I'm in a new era of gaming. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is an upgrade. It's in full color and the column is swaying. All the movements of the Pokemon are better when they use attacks. I read one thing knowing that we are we're playing on 3ds just to to reconfirm i'm playing on 2ds but yes okay ds i was reading an article about like the differences on bulbapedia and there aren't really anything major but one difference that i thought was kind of funny is that like for whatever reason when they were porting it they couldn't like figure out how to make certain moves like tackle splash and tail whip rather than figure out how to make it kind of like overlap with the HUD or like where the HP and everything is. They just made it so in the DS version, the whole HUD moves. So when they use tackle, the HUD like pushes off screen. That's cool. With the Pokemon. That's cool though. That sounds cool. So then we leave Sprout Tower. We defeat Lee. He gives us the HM4 flash. Yeah. Which we're going to need to light up dark cave which they really phoned in the name on that one but we can't even use it yet because you need to defeat the first gym leader gym leader faulkner first but before you even get to faulkner there's some weirdo i i I was hoping you saw this guy because it's got the sprite of the kind of looks like a butcher was in gen one as well like a big man got an apron Big cheeks, man. Yeah. And he's hanging out in the middle of Violet City and Joshua went up to him because a lot of those sprites in Gen 1, they give you Dream Eater, they give you some free shit. So I engaged him and he just started spinning. He spun around. He started walking really fast and spinning and I didn't understand why. And it turns out that he's just like the head of the Pokemon Academy. His name's Earl. Yeah. <laughs> and he's the head of the Pokemon Academy. And he's just like, come to, come to my Pokemon Academy. And you follow him very quickly. And he's doing this like spin move. He's, it's like he's trying to lose you. But you do follow him to the Pokemon Academy. And then you go inside and it's just like nothing. It's like nothing happens. You go in and everyone's just like, I'm at Pokemon Academy. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, where's my Dream Eater TM? Exactly. That's what I came here for. And instead I get like a whiteboard that's like, here's what being paralyzed means. Or like, here's what this berry does. I'm like, ugh. This isn't my first fucking rodeo. I can figure that out, Earl. It's my second rodeo. We know all this. I mean, the berries are new, but one of them's named Poison Cure Berry. So I think I could figure it out, Earl. I do like the berry system. In fact, the berry system really helped me in the gym battle, which we should probably talk about. Sure. Josh, I really struggled with this gym, believe it or not. I bet you did. I had one plant-type Pokemon, and Gym Leader Faulkner and his cronies had many, many flying-type Pokemons, and they really fucking ate my ass. Pidgeys, Spearows, Hoot Hoots. They really destroyed me, and I'd lost to Faulkner, Josh, twice. (laughs) Holy shit. I'm so sorry. And what it finally took was I needed Gorgo to have a berry. I needed a few potions, and I needed to level Gorgo up to 20 to finally, like, (laughs) beat Faulkner. To beat the highest level is a level 9 Pidgeotto. Well, it's it's got that gust, and that gust was taken off, like... So the first two times I faced Faulkner, Bayleaf was like level 15 or 16 or something like that. And every time Pidgeotto gusted it, it took off like a fucking fifth of its health. 
Yeah, which is an important change that they finally made Gust a flying type move. It was normal in the first gen. And it's like, this is obviously a flying move, and they finally did it. It sucked for me. Gorgo had to go and learn, like, poison powder and a couple other, like, useful things that would finally, like, help me take down Pidgeotto and just have, like, enough HP to survive that many gusts. Right. So, yeah, it was a fucking struggle for me, and I imagine it was a cakewalk for you. It was mostly a cakewalk. I wasn't planning this because I actually did forget who the first gym was, but the Geodude, Dr. Roberts, was... Very useful. They're trying tackles, they're throwing gusts. All of it is not very effective. So the first two scrubs were easy, but when I got to Faulkner himself, he was slinging mud slaps. And mud slap was a problem because that's super effective. It's a ground move on Dr. Roberts. Mud slap is like sand attack, except it does damage too, right? Yeah, it's a fun move this early in the game. And I was very pleased to get that TM after defeating him. But once the mud slaps were flying around, I took out the Pidgey and then the Pidgeotto took out Dr. Roberts. And then I just brought in Luke, the Totodile. Just scratched him. Right. And it was fine. Did you lose twice? No, I beat him on my first try. And I said to Faulkner after all that, I was like, well, I bet your father's not so proud of you now, huh? You little trust fund baby. <laughs> okay. So you've got like an agenda against him or something? There's a guy standing outside of the gym who is like, oh, like Faulkner inherited this gym from his father, but I like love what he's done with it. Okay. So this guy's not got any talent. He's just inheriting this thing. Right. And I proved that he has no talent. You defeated him. Took that mud slap and I taught it to Taylor Townsend, my Pidgey. And I should say that Pidgeotto, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, is Joshi's sweetie. <laughs> So now I have a new Sweetie available to me, which is the Pidgey Evolution line. When I was selecting the original Joshi's Sweeties, the sprite gallery that had all of them was not Generation 2. Now I'm seeing them in Generation 2. That's a Sweetie. You could tell that Pidgeotto's in Johto take better care of themselves than in Kanto. It's like a slightly different breed, yeah. It's got bigger plumage. It's kind of like more robust wings. I was really into it. And I was like, you know what? I made a mistake. With this, Pidgeotto is in. So we're going to make our way up to Azalea Town and take on gym leader Bugsy. Bugsy. For the Hive Badge. Guess what gym leader Bugsy's thing is? Bugs. Josh? Bugs. Bugs. Guess what bug type Pokemon are super effective against? Grass. Plant type Pokemon! (laughs) Guess what I have? Grass type. A grass type Pokemon. And guess what also, Josh? When I defeated Faulkner, Faulkner said, now Pokemon up to level 20 will obey you. Oh. Guess what level Gorgo is? Level 20. I gotta do something. Well, I wasn't planning this, but you're bailed out with Pidgeotto being a sweetie, because that means you can get Pidgey now. Yep. And I think Pidgey evolves at level 18, so that's fine. And then you can get Sentret if you play during the day, yep. which will evolve into Furret, and then that's cool. So that's going to have to be the plan. Yep. Good good luck. (laughs) Thank you. That's it. That's this week's episode of Experience Share. It's a Pokemon podcast. It's season two at last. We're in Johto. There's no going back now. 
And there's no going back on this whole podcast if you're still here. So we encourage you to tell all of your friends and your family and your colleagues, and in particular strangers on the internet via rating and reviewing on Apple, following on Spotify, starring it on Stitcher and and Breaker and, and all of them. I don't care. Do please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, though. It is very important. And follow us on Instagram or Twitter if you'd like. Josh picks his favorite little bit from each week and does like a little audiogram where you can share that with friends. And then we have a new thing that we're doing where if you're a visual learner, we'll be doing the level check visually each week so you can see which Pokemon are which and what level they are. Keep an eye out for those on both our Twitter and Instagram. Both are EXP Share Pod. That's right. I will see you next week in Azalea Town, Joshua. Smell ya later. And bug catchers, I will smell you later. <laughs>